Time. Something we all want more of. Time. Something that so quickly moves along. I mean, think about it. It's Mother's Day. It felt like it was just yesterday I was boxing up the Christmas tree. Like, where has this year gone? 31 million... 536,000 seconds in a year. Like, think about 31 million, right? It's a huge number. But they click by oh so fast. 525,600 minutes. It's going to be a song that all of you sing the rest of the day. It'll be stuck in your head. You're like, get the song out of my head. Like you go from 31 million to 525,000 minutes, and you're like, wow, okay, that's still a lot of minutes. But all of that comes down to a year. A year. Someone once said to me, The older you get, the faster the years will go by. How true is that? Like it just keeps ticking by at this ever increasing rapid pace. Like when you think about your life, We all have a beginning. The clock started ticking. And at one point, there's an end. At one point, there's going to be an ending. Now, last week, we, we ended this series called Life Beyond Existence. And uh, one of the things I shared last week was that that this series starting today called Maxed and Life Beyond Existence, it, they're sequels. Like Life Beyond Existence kind of came first, and this is part two. There won't be a part three, but this is a great sequel. Because they go together, and when you start thinking about that thought, and you start thinking about your life, and where you spend your time, where you leverage your time, All of us have to sleep. For some of you, that's four hours. Five hours. That one got away. But in our life, I mean, a lot of our life is spent sleeping. You have to sleep. It's there. Then you think about the other necessities in life. You have to sleep. You have to eat. For some of you, you really enjoy that part of life. For some of you, you have discovered like these wrapped power bars that you can eat on the go. But you have to eat and you have to go to the bathroom, I guess, at some point. And some of you really enjoy that time. I'm not going to say anything more about that at this moment. And then we have relationships. You know, if you have kids, 
Kids take time. Spouse takes time. High maintenance husbands take time. <laughs> the nervous laugh, I'm one, that's okay. Like friends take time. And then there's just those work responsibilities. And then you go, well, I got to have fun. There's some fun. <laughs> if you're really going wild, there's a, <laughs> woo. <laughs> like, you got that. And then you're like, well, you know, there's social engagements. We got to throw a little bit of that on top. And for some of you, that's a lot more. And the boss calls, and you got to throw some more there. And then you get to this point where you're like, well, do I get any time just for me? Have you ever had those moments going, man, I'm giving my time to everyone else, but hello, I need time. And somehow we just, we'll fill it up. And then we start thinking through this thought, well, how can I manage my time better? I mean, that's a, multi-million dollar industry, hundreds of millions of dollars. How to manage time. Well, if I do this, and I do that here, and I stack that here, and if I position that there, and if I do that there, and then I can squeeze that in, and we start just manipulating the time that we have already have, and now we spend more time trying to manage the time that's ticking by. Then they develop technology, smartphones, that can do our calendar for us. I don't know if that has helped or hindered our time. Because, man, now we can really pack a lot in. Like, have you ever had one of those days where one, I call it a domino, but one domino early in the morning falls, and then your whole day you're, you're just running, and you're constantly walking into meetings, I'm sorry I'm late, but this happened, I'm sorry I'm late, and then finally by the end of the day you're like, I'm just tired of saying I'm sorry I'm late. Time. It's constantly moving. Life Beyond Existence had this simple verse that I constantly kind of beat the drum to, John 10.10. If you were here a number of the weeks, you probably have it memorized. But it's simply stated that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that Jesus has come so that we can experience life. And not just in the ordinary life, but life to the full, or life abundantly, or life beyond existence. But to experience life beyond existence... We have to look at time. Because that, that's our life right there. 31 plus million seconds a year. Clicking off. 
Paul in the book of Ephesians is going to hit this whole subject matter of time and your life kind of head on. And uh, a little setup, just so you kind of know where this is coming from. Paul, uh, he had this amazing uh, kind of life and a kind of a, a, a major turn of events in his life. You see, he, he was kind of going down one spiritual pathway, and uh, he went to the, the best schools. He was taught by the, the best teacher, and uh, he was very kind of, the word was zealous. He was very passionate kind of about uh, what he believed, so much so that he started persecuting, killing Christians, and overseeing Christians being killed. And then one day, he has this dramatic life kind of turn, where Jesus just grabs a hold of him and says, no, I want all of your passion and all your zealousness, and I want you to, to do something for me in, in this world for this kingdom. And I tell you, Paul's entire life shifted in an amazing way. And he, he's written many, many of the books, we call them books in, in the New Testament, and one of those books is the book of Ephesians. But Ephesians isn't, re- Ephesians isn't really a book. It's a letter. It was a letter that, that Paul wrote to a church, a church like Renaissance, located in the city of Ephesus. Now, in the city of Ephesus, there's only one, what we call a Christian church. Uh, they were more known as the church of a movement called The Way. And so they weren't calling themselves a Christian church or whatever terms we use now. But they were kind of part of this movement called the Way. So there was only one church in this city. And so Paul writes this letter to the people in the church and the leaders of the church, giving them encouragement, giving them some direction, uh, helping hold them kind of accountable to what they were becoming as a church. And so this is what he writes, just three simple verses in Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 15. He says, be very careful then how you live. Now, the more uh, kind of technical way to say that, once you kind of get underneath uh, kind of the Greek, what the New Testament was written in, uh, the more correct way to say that portion of that verse is this. Therefore, look that you walk carefully. Therefore, look that you walk carefully. Have you ever found yourself moving at such a pace that you're not really looking at where you're going? Have you ever found yourself walking and texting or walking and answering email and you almost run into a wall? Or maybe you just smack that wall and you look around real fast, see if anyone's looking. You're like, ah, I didn't mean to do that. All of our lives move at such a rapid pace. And Paul is just simply saying, hey, hey, hey. Look where you're going with your life and carefully walk. I was running uh, a few weeks ago, just down Kent Place here, that way. And uh, it was one of those moments where uh, it happened all so fast, but I can see snapshots of like every one of these moments leading up to what I did. Like one of the moments I, I remember very vividly, I'm running, I have my, my, my headphones on, and uh, I'm listening to a podcast, and my mind, was, my mind was just spinning in all different directions. And I remember looking up, and that first snapshot was this guy way down the road, and he, it looked like he was working on part of the, the road or sidewalk. He was kind of working in that area. And I just kind of you know, quickly thought to myself, oh, you know, he's working on the road. First snapshot. The next snapshot, what I remember, and there's this big gap in between these two. 
the next snap- snapshot, I was taking a step down as I'm running, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, the cement feels really soft. <laughs> Wild feeling. If you've ever done this, right? What? I'm like, wow, that feels. And after four steps, the next snapshot is me looking up, and there's horror on this guy's face. Like, ah. Next snapshot, I can see all these tools and a bucket of water, and they're pristine. They're so clean. And as I'm stopping, like all these snapshots now are coming together, right? This is real time. And all of a sudden I realize, as I look back and I see four huge footprints in the cement, and I put my, my hand on this guy because I think he's just going to rip my head off. Because it's like, hey, idiot, how in the world did you not see? And I put my hand on his shoulder. And I was like, sir, I'm so sorry. And he quickly was like, no, no, I should have had my cones out. I should have had this marked out. I'm sorry, what about your shoes? Like, he was so apologetic. And I'm just like, in that moment, it's like, how in the world did I not see wet cement? I felt like an idiot. Like, how in the world? I had this entire sidewalk. Like, I'm running up onto it. I should have seen. I should have noticed. I should have looked. I should have walked carefully. But that happens in our life. Because our lives are moving at such a rapid pace. Well, Paul goes on, and he wants to clarify this. He wants to make sure that it's not only just look and walk carefully, he says this. He goes, um, not as unwise, but as wise. Not as unwise. Now, you might be going, okay, Paul, like, I get that. Like, yeah, I should walk with wisdom. That's, that's understandable. What, why do you have to put that in there? That's just given. All three of these verses, verses 15, 16, and 17, they, they all kind of build upon each other. And so there might be like quick moments where you kind of feel like, well, but, but what's the answer? Where's the end point? Or what's missing? I promise you, you, we'll get there in verse 17. It'll be crystal clear. But Paul's just kind of building upon these layers. And he's saying, hey, hey look and carefully walk with wisdom. Think about how much wisdom you give to pieces in your life. Like like your job, if you work. You want to give your best intellectually to whatever you do. I really believe everyone wants to be successful. Now, every person has different uh, pieces in their lives that maybe hinder that journey. We give so much wisdom to our job. If you have a hobby that really kind of controls a lot of your time, you give a lot of wisdom to that. You try to be the best intellectually at figuring out whatever that is and accomplishing that. If you're a parent in this room, right, you want to be the best parent you can be. Not saying you, you always have the right answers, the right solutions. Not always saying that you, you, you're the best parent. We all have bad days. And I, I, I get it. I understand. I have a 10-year-old, and she knows more than me. It's just that season I'm living in right now. 
But what happens, what happens when we look at our life, our time? Would you say, with the time that you have, right, all time's in your control. I, and you can sit there and say, well, Chris, but my job, my boss makes me my... You don't have to work that job. And you might, I have to work that job because I won't get a paycheck. Well, there's many other options in life. There just are. At the end of the day, this is your life. And how much wisdom do you put into your time that you spend? That you really look at your calendar, your week, your month, your year, and go, how am I going to leverage and invest my time? Well, Paul goes on. In verse 16, he says, making the most out of every opportunity. Okay, so look, walk carefully, do that with wisdom, and then make the most. Every opportunity that comes your way, make the most of it. Which is implied, hey, you're going to have amazing opportunities come into your life. There's going to be amazing moments And if you are looking, and if you are walking carefully, guess what you're going to see? You're going to see those moments. You're going to recognize those moments. You're going to maximize those moments because you're going to go from sixth to fifth gear and crank down enough so that you can walk with wisdom. Because Paul is not saying if opportunities arise, he's saying, hey, they're going to be there. They're there. Are you going to make the most out of those opportunities? And then he adds another clarifier. Just like the wise unwise clarifier, he adds another clarifier. He goes, because the days are evil. It's so easy for us to live in our day and age. And and I've said this before. Probably many of you have said this. All of us have thought this at some point. Like, man, morally, Our culture is really messed up. Can it get any worse? Man, it's bad. But do you realize, I mean, when Paul's writing this, he's living in, you know, in the Roman Empire. Have you ever studied the immorality in Rome? It's it's no uh, worse or better than us. the, The world has evil in it. There's immorality in the world. 2,000 years ago, today, 2,000 years from today, the specifics are different. And Paul's just saying, hey, hey, be careful. Because the world you're living in, the world you're walking in, it's evil. And we go back to John 10.10. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Paul's just saying, hey, There's someone else vying for your time. There's someone else trying to steal away from your life. Be careful. Be careful. So you control your time. You leverage your time. You walk carefully with your time. You look where you're going. And hopefully you have wisdom
And this is where he ends it, verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish. He comes back to this whole foolish wisdom thing again. Do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Understand. What is God's will? Have you ever asked that question for your life? I mean, really asked it. Hey, God, what do you want with my life? Hey, God, what are you up to? I want to join you. Hey, God, your plans are perfect. You see, we get so consumed with I. Think about if you went to college. What college you wanted to go to? Okay. Or maybe your mom and dad wanted you to go to? And you're like, what, what do I want to become? What degree do I want to pursue? What job after college do I want to land? And so quickly, our world becomes I, 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 I. And God's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. What about me? And Paul's saying, hey, look where you walk. Walk carefully. There's going to be amazing opportunities, amazing moments that are going to come into your life. And God has a plan. God has a will for your life. Do you know what that is for you? A great philosopher, his name was Soren Kierkegaard, he said these words. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Think about that. I mean, let that statement settle on your spirit for a second. Life can only be understood backwards. The Bible talks about one day, every single one of us will sit there in front of him to give an account. Say, okay, God, this is my life. And this is how I lived it. And that's what Soren Kierkegaard was getting at. Hey, one day, one moment, you're going to have to sit at the end to give an account for your life. And if you start looking at the end in mind, if you start going, okay, God, out of my entire life, this is where you want me, God? Then you start living forward. Oh, your path will look so, so different. But let me caution you on something. If you really ask God that question, God, what's your will? God, what do you want from me? God, where do you want me to go? God, how do you want me to leverage my life for you? God, if you really ask him that question, just be prepared. Be prepared.
for him to do something amazing in your life. Beyond existence. In Jeremiah, it's one of my favorite verses. I have a list of favorite verses, so if I say that a lot, they're all on the list. In Jeremiah chapter 29, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Declares. There's this declaration that God is saying to you, Hey, I have a plan for your life. Now, you might be sitting there going, well, Chris, does this mean, like, if I say to God, okay, God, I want to join you, I want, I want your will for my life, God, I want to follow you where you want me, is that, does that mean that, that he's going to make me sell everything I have and quit my job and pack up my family and jump on a, a boat and move to Africa and have a spear and have to kill cheetahs? Maybe. Right? Let's not throw that out. But probably not. Because God wants you right where you are. For now, he wants to take your intellect, your passions, your gifting, giftedness, the place where you spend life and culture, and he wants to take you in that space, and he wants to maximize it. Now, that might mean in the journey, he takes you somewhere else. You never know. But God has a plan for your life. The question is, are you going to join him, or are you, are you going to keep walking your own path? Remember, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then, get this, this is important. If you want to know how to seek God's will, if you're sitting there going, okay, Chris, great, but how do I figure out what God's will is? Here's, Here's the plan. Then you will call on me And come pray to me, and I will listen to you. You hear that? God's saying, hey, I got the plan. You want to know where it is? You want to know what it is? You want to know how to walk it? You must go to him. And start praying. And saying, God, okay, what's your will? What's your plan? I want to link arms with you. And then he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, that's it. You want to know the plans that God has for you? Plans where you can experience life beyond existence? You start seeking him with all your heart. And when you start seeking him, and when you start talking to him, and when you start asking him the question, God, I'm willing to go all in my life to you. God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. God, I want you to reveal your plans for my life. Not the plans that I have laid out for my life, but God, I want your plans. See, it was a prayer I prayed my sophomore year in high school. God, I, I just want to join you. God, I just want to follow you. God, I just want to, I want my life to be more, I want my life to be more than just going through it and dying. 
And he took this Midwestern kid and moved him to Vegas. And then he took this Vegas kid and moved him to Jersey. And for my wife and I, it has been a journey of a lifetime. Ups and downs, twists and turns. Right after the last service, Charlie and I were talking, wherever Charlie is, he's hiding. He's probably back there. And uh, he looked at me, he goes, you know what, Chris? He goes, that was the same prayer I prayed. And look at what God has done in my life now. I challenge you. Pray that prayer. But if you do, if you pray it, I'm just telling you, God will take your life. And he'll take you on a journey beyond your wildest of dreams. And he'll do more in you and through you than you could ever imagine. And he'll take your life and your time. And it will change this world. Please pray with me. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the moms in this room that, uh, give so much of themselves in a way that only mothers can give. Lord, I pray for all of our kids, no matter what their age. Lord, I pray that we can be mothers and fathers like you have called us to be. Even in our imperfection, even in the ways we fall short, Lord, I pray this week that some bold bold prayers will be had. That people will seek you with all their hearts and ask a bold question. God, what is your will? What do you want my life to be about? Because when those bold prayers are prayed to you, Lord, you know what you'll do. Because your plans are perfect. In your name I pray. Amen.